Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Garment Decorators podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dave today. I have no Andy. Andy has abandoned me for today's episode, but I'm joined by Dave, so it's all good. Um, And we're going to be talking a little bit more about educating yourself within the heat print industry. The Christmas break is right around the corner and regardless of whether or not you're going to be working over the Christmas break or taking a little bit of a holiday, which I hope most of you are, um, it's the time of year that you can really maximize your time and get ahead for next year with everything that we've got out there in terms of content, podcasts, videos, everything like that to level up your education for next year. So of course, I brought Dave on board for this one because he is the master of all things content, education, webinar, everything. So I'm excited to do this episode with you, Dave. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I am excited about this too, especially uh, I know like this time of year for either custom decorators or if you're running your own clothing brand. This is kind of like the time to to rest and recharge because if you're running your own brand, you probably just got through the big holiday hustle uh, and you're now kind of on the, hopefully you're not fulfilling orders still that <laughs> you're trying to get underneath the tree for a holiday season. Um, but it's always nice to kind of like get out of the the busiest time of the year and kind of take stock of of what your business is and the products that you have. And then if you're a custom decorator, you've been, I'm sure, feeling the heat and feeling how busy it's been uh, pretty much from like, what, September, even maybe late August, uh, all through the holiday season. So uh, yeah, definitely a great time of year to to reassess and take a look at your business and really gear up uh, to just absolutely crush it in the new year. And then also take some time for yourself, you know, you know, get, get that rest and relaxation uh, and spend some time with the family or uh, just chilling out, doing what you do it all for, you know? I feel like it's when you switch off mentally from work that you have your most creative ideas. So what you've just said about like, you know, having that time to relax and switch off with your family. I do exactly the same thing whenever I go home or maybe of a weekend and I'll be watching TV or I'll be out for a walk or something and I'll think of a new video idea and I'll never think of it when I'm here in the office or in the innovation center. But when you're not thinking about it, it's when all of your ideas come. So if you think you, if you don't want to take a break, I encourage you to for that reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, being a creative now for or professional creative. I've been a creative my entire life, right? But being a professional creative, that is always the, you know, the fine balance that you walk of like being on and being creative. And, and you know, some people perform really well under pressure is when like those, you know, they're squeezing the coal into a diamond when they're under pressure and then like, boom, uh, yeah, it yeah. turns out great. I like to have a little bit more time, ideation, work through some revisions, take a break come back to it with some fresh eyes. So that's always something that I preach to creatives too. And uh, when I led a very creative team and I still lead a very creative team, but uh, you know, it is that kind of like step back that puts things in perspective. And I mean, at least for me, I know I'm my own worst critic. So uh, you know, if you're out there too, beating yourself up about it, everybody else is just like you. (laughs) I think you need to be, especially if you're in that creative space, whether it's, you know, making videos like we do, or whether it's creating those really unique t-shirt print designs. I think you need to have that own critique of yourself because you're never going to improve if you don't, do you? I'll, I'll take things to Andy and I'll go, I've made this. What do you think? Please tell me the thing you dislike about it most, even if it's a really great video, because how else are you going to improve on what you do day to day, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So I want to circle back to something you said about taking time to assess your business and look at where you want to go for next year. So before we get into the education side of things, what would you recommend people do over this Christmas break to almost take a little bit of a review of their business? Is that something you'd recommend for people to do to sort of assess business goals, set um, goals for the next year, assess what went well, what they want to change? Is that kind of where you were going with that? Yep. Yep. Make your New Year's resolution. Number one. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What's your New Year's resolution? I want to know that. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know it. I would like to know that too. If you find out, (laughs) tell me. (laughs) But yeah, so I, I, you know, here it kind of closes the tax year. So like it's the last, it's the last chance that I don't recommend doing taxes uh, on your holiday break. Just don't do it. (laughs) No, bad idea. It's one way to start kind of looking at it. Uh, you might be able to, you know, when sales are a little bit slower, um, take take a look at what styles sold. Say if you're running a brand, uh, what styles sold, uh, maybe start thinking about discontinuing the ones that didn't sell throughout the year or didn't perform well or revamping them in some way. Uh, you could look at your website traffic and start to see, you know, hey, well, we're getting a lot of people to these these product pages. The ads are working well, but people aren't converting. Why? You know, start start diagnosing and researching why the actions that you want to, you know, have that are going to lead you closer to your goal? uh, Why aren't they converting? You know, is there something wrong with this page? Do I need more product photos? Um, And so this is kind of that time that you could really make a huge impact into your online store or even your own processes. If you look at, oh, well, I'm ordering from this vendor, it comes in in this amount of time. And I know that's something that like my customers told me this year, I'd love to have my stuff faster. How can I make it faster? And there's no like magic solution. So I can't be like, this is one way to look at it because every single business is going to be different. But even if you're a custom decorator, looking at your internal processes, how long did it take to get the artwork prepped? How long was it until the customer was delivered? And then you could even kind of like baseline check yourself too by looking at your competitors online. Just go online, start, start Google searching around. Um, the custom printers in your area or your city or, uh, you know, the country that you live in, in this kind of national or even global economy, uh, those huge national competitors, are you still beating them on price? Are you still beating them on turn time? Uh, So you could kind of take stock of, uh, you know, your own little snapshot of the industry and kind of see where you where you fit. And then also, if you are the goal setting type, I always recommend setting goals that aren't uh, out of your control. Like, oh, I want $200,000 of sales this year. Now, yes, for businesses where you know you're going to be, you know, you have these expenses, then absolutely that needs to be part of your goal. But so many decorators, especially just starting out, go, well, I want $150,000 in revenue this year. And it's like, there are things that you could put in place that help you get to that goal. But that goal is kind of out of your control. It revolves around other people, you know, essentially giving you money to meet that goal. So I always recommend these like, uh, you know, more stepping stone goals, because then especially when you're just getting started, or maybe in your second or third year of business, that you want to feel like you're accomplishing something. So is it, oh, I want to redo all my product photos, uh, you know, this month, or uh, do we want to set up, I want to be better about posting on social media, because you want to grow your awareness, I need to set up Facebook ads or stuff like that, where it's like, they are actionable items that you could physically be checking off the list as you go. And then all of these small steps are getting you closer to that larger goal of, oh, I want $150,000 in shop revenue this year, you know? So, but 
you could actually complete them. So it makes you feel like you are getting somewhere. And I guarantee every single person I've talked to who has taken these little steps to get them there a year, you know, let's say, let's just use this holiday time as a year. They look back in a year and see how far up the mountain they've climbed. They didn't jump there. They climbed there. They took each step along the way that set them up for success. And now with tools like AI, it's easier than ever to, to kind of get these bursts of inspiration and kind of make this checklist of actionable items you're in control of. So then you look back on that list and maybe, you know, you missed your holiday sales goal, right? You're feeling a little discouraged. Do I still want to be doing this? And then you look back on all the tasks you completed through the year and yeah, we did those product photos. Yeah, that that social media, uh, you know, kind of uh, boost in activity really helped out. We got, you know, you, you could look at the data. You go, if you're, if you're running a Shopify or any of those online storefronts, uh, even Etsy gives you great analytical tools that you could look back on and go, okay, that was successful. I want to continue to do that this year. And then you set a new goal for yourself of, all right, let's go from three posts a week. Let's see what five does for us or see what you can manage, you know, what fits into your own schedule. But that's kind of like that, you know, that whole 10,000 foot view snapshot of like, I'm going to assess how I did this year. Uh, you know, it's, it, is it worth it for me to continue these same efforts or should, do I need to change things up? Because it's a, it's just a great opportunity to really investigate and find out what's going to work for you and your business, you know, moving on here into 2024. I think one of the most important things you said there is about analyzing which products actually sell and something that crossed my mind recently. And I mean, I personally don't have a t-shirt business. I don't sell garments. I work for styles who produce everything you need to sell garments. But from what we see with our customers coming in and out day to day and people that are starting a business and then in a year or two, they come to us after they've been running it for a year or two, things like that. One of the things that crossed my mind recently was about the specific products they sell. Um, because we obviously print things here, like the one I'm wearing today, like we do print garments here, but it's not quite the same as running a business um, or running a printing business, I should say. But if you do have a range of products and you're looking at which ones have and haven't sold, don't be disheartened if the one that doesn't sell is like your personal favorite or the one that you thought was going to do really well, because you might start out thinking, I want to sell these three things, but if only one of them sells and makes you money, there's no point in you printing the other two if they're not going to sell. So utilize all of the information that you can get that Dave's just told you about from all of the different platforms and build your business around what your customers want, not just what you want your shop to look like or what products you want to sell. Because I can, I mean, I can completely understand. I make products here and I think, oh, that looks great. And if somebody didn't want to buy it, I'd be like, why? But it's, that's not how business works, is it? Yep. Yep. And there's a lot of variables, especially when we talk about t-shirts and, you know, running a clothing brand or a t-shirt business where it's like, someone just doesn't, oh, I just don't wear black. And that's the only color t-shirt you offer it in. And like, I love the design. I just don't look good in black. And it's like, there's so many little variables. Like, oh, I don't really like short sleeve t-shirts or I don't, I don't like the way that long sleeve t-shirts. Oh, it's on a crew neck. I really like hoodies. I don't really wear crew necks. So like people are so weird in particular about it. And I'm not saying like go out and offer every single one of those styles, but like. No, you if, physically can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I always like keep it simple. Keep your, especially if you're a smaller business, like that inventory is so much easier to manage when it's all black, yeah. navy, you know, Heather gray tees. Everything's on those with different color artwork or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, even like you say, like if it's that, that smallest style and you are emotionally attached to it in some way, uh, heat printing makes it really easy to hold on to it. And so you don't have to discontinue it at all. It's not, you know, 
if you're listing on Etsy, it costs you 20 cents to st stand it up. Or if, you know, it's just a product on your Shopify or Wix or Squarespace or wherever you're standing up your online store, it just costs a little time to list it, which is already there. So, but stocking it or reprinting it, because like, that's the big thing. Everybody is moving to kind of that e-commerce e on demand uh, and heat printing really supports that because you are able to just stock the, the blank apparel and order a transfer on demand uh, or have those transfers stocked. And if it's not selling, then you still have them stocked. So it's not like any harm to, to pull it down. Maybe that's when you go, hey, let's put this tea on special or uh, start running a promotion where you could send people free ones uh, to get some buzz on social media. There's all of these strategies that you could start to use, uh, you know, rather than just saying, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. You know, emotionally, because my favorite, my favorite style. but I've been there too, where it's like you stand one product up and you're like, this is, this is the one, this is the one that everybody wants to buy. And then everybody buys everything but it. And you're like, wait, but that's the one that I love. And I, it's one of those things, you know, that like, uh, I was, you know, like it, and I come from the music industry too. And it's like, everybody's like, when you're creating, don't create for other people, create for yourself, which is a great place to start. Uh, but you really do have to cater to your audience. Uh, especially if you are a custom brand or, or even you're you're doing decorating that like you do have to cater to your specific audience. Show them what the things that they're going to want to buy, the things that they're going to want to wear. And so uh, that's another thing that's part of your research or like taking stock or assessing your business is uh, getting a great snapshot of who your customer is, because then you could look back at the people who bought this year and kind of build a persona that then could be a great audience that you're going to go target in 2024. Like, oh, I didn't realize that a lot of my local community was purchasing from me. I was kind of, you know, just advertising on Facebook or buying Google ads or something, you know, that I was just organically on TikTok. And I thought my reach was the entire nation when really it, it was your local area that was responding. Like five to miles from your print shop or from your living room, wherever yep. you're doing it. Yeah. Yep. And so like, yeah, maybe that's where you could direct some more of your marketing efforts. So it's kind of that like light work. It's the thinking work to kind of keep you busy. Uh, but all of this stuff is going to uh, dramatically impact your success then in 2024, especially if you could like take the time now in the slower days, maybe you're spending, you know, you, the shop's closed for a month uh, or a couple weeks and you're just, you know, at home, but I, I know a lot of people just like me who like, even when you're home, you're still kind of like the, the business is always on your mind. Yeah, your brain's so still going like, a little bit. Yeah. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses that like it is like, oh, it just never turns off. Like I'm always yep. thinking. So it's these kind of things that you can start to think about. Go in the back end, start looking at some of the data that's really going to help you. Um, yeah. In the, in the case of audiences, yeah. Like, oh, hey, we're huge in, you know, whatever region that like you kind of blew up in. And it could be from like a social media post that just got picked up. Somebody related to it, showed it to their friends, shared it to their friends. They shared it to their friends. And then like, yeah, another city down the road is really into you and you've been shipping a lot of stuff there. So if you didn't notice these patterns throughout the year, uh, yeah, you could kind of take this time to, to really kind of start to investigate and see if there are patterns in your own business that you could identify that's going to help out your marketing efforts or your sales efforts. Or even if say you're doing like school wear, or sports, like start to, to start to show and showcase more of those products uh, for those regions. 
Yeah, I think everything, all of that is so, so important for everybody to understand, especially if, say, for example, you've been, I don't know, heat printing for like just a year. So this is your first year and you're coming to the point now where you're doing your first sort of business review, maybe. Um, just even looking at sort of the simple data is going to help you a million times more than what you'd think. Um, and then as you grow and grow, you sort of, you see patterns in what you're looking for. And, you know, if you look back on something and go, oh, that was really successful, let's analyze that. Every year it will grow and get bigger and bigger um so that's a really good factor and piece of advice for everyone going into next year um and in terms of the target market thing that we were talking about there is tons and tons and tons of podcast content youtube videos live webinars there's so much stuff across uh, the styles youtube channels um for you guys to listen to and if you're sitting at home thinking how do I find my target market? How do I filter that down? What do I do? The content is all out there. So use this time to go over all of that and really sit down and figure out what you want to do. Um, and that will really stand you in good stead for 2024 as well, because the content is all out there, which leads me into the next topic of conversation, which is the main thing that I did want to talk to everyone about today, um, which is the educational side of things over the Christmas break. Now, Dave and I could sit here all afternoon and well, morning for you, I always forget the time difference whenever we have a conversation. Um, we could sit here all morning, all afternoon talking about this, but just to give you guys a bit of a snapshot as to why it's important, we wanted to talk about it on this podcast episode and sort of direct you as to where to go. So obviously we're very aware that styles produce a lot of educational content, like I said, whether it be podcasts, live videos, YouTube videos, events, etc. Um, we wanted to give you a little bit of direction and navigation as to where you want to go based on what you're looking for. So Firstly, Dave, do you think you could give everyone like a little bit of a summary as to why education is important? I know we talk about it all the time and it's something we focus really heavily on. But for somebody who's either getting into the heat printing space or has been in it for a couple of years and wants to sort of level up their education, why do you think that's so important for heat printers nowadays? So, yeah, every every piece of content we put together, um, at least that that I'm a part of, there's like a few things that I look at. Uh, before we even start filming it or start concepting it or building a slide deck is how is this going to save somebody money, right? Mm -hmm. Owning a business, we're all about profit, um, yeah. you know, and if you're not making profit, you're not running a successful business. Uh, now, there's, of course, some caveats to that, but in a nutshell, right, you're running a small business to try to make money. So how does this save you money? How does this save you time? How does this save you frustration? Uh, especially when you're learning a new technique, something as uh, simple, but at the same time complicated as say garment decoration, right? There's a lot of uh, experience that you kind of have to learn by. And I try to take, uh, you know, whether it's my 14 years decorating apparel personally, uh, or leveraging Kelly's, you know, Kelly Walters are, are, uh, on our Stalls TV YouTube channel, uh, leveraging a lot of merchandising and retail sales. Like all of this experience we bring to help other decorators out. Uh, and it is, it is, you know, a, it's not a true replacement for experience because when you, you know, you learn by experience, you learn at what I say the hard way, right? But I've learned the hard way for 14 years. <laughs> so I try to do everything that I can uh, so that somebody doesn't make those same mistakes because they cost time, they cost money, they cost frustration. And then you know, when you need that job out the door, it could mean you might lose this customer. So you're, it's three o'clock in the morning, you're scrambling. What do I do? What do I do? 
And so that's why that why truly I want to make that content to help decorators out. Now that doesn't say that like it's just for if you're learning a new technique or learning a new transfer type. Uh, you know, we just did one a couple months ago that was, you know, the top five ways to acquire new customers. So if like that's a goal that you identified yourself moving into 2024, I want new customers. My, you know, returning customer base is great, but I feel like if we bring some more customers into this, this, you know, ecosystem that I really could expand and it's really going to blow things up. Go watch a video of how those techniques of how to acquire a new customer. I am, you know, I, I like to consider myself a jack of all trades, but uh, to be honest, you know, when when you're look, talking to an entrepreneur or somebody doing small business, they got into garment decorating because they wanted to be creative. You know, like I feel like that's the easiest route to get in. It's a great. It's the it's the most accessible form of artwork that anybody owns is T-shirts, and you're wearing it. It's a representation of you. It's a you know you're broadcasting your interests or your likes to anybody who sees you that day, if you, if you leave your house, <laughs> no, no shame. If you're sitting in your pajamas all day, <laughs> love it. Right. Hey, but you can still hate print pajamas. Don't, don't, don't knock the pajamas. You absolutely still can. But yeah, so like it is that creative expression, but what I found working with creative teams and creatives for so long that they don't have that, like that business mindset, you know? So like it's, you have to, you have to cross over into those, you know, different kind of realms but that's what those those you know the education the videos are for the webinars of how how to market on social media right you know how to use illustrator like a boss you know you're great with designing and you know the technical process of taking that art and getting it printed on a t-shirt right but maybe you don't know how to market you don't know how to look at those analytics and that's like the you know the kind of i want to say soft skills but they're really not soft skills to to learn because they are they're, they're really good skills to have more than just like a want. They are a almost need that you need to have that that branches you out. Email marketing. Should I do it? Should I not do it? You know, like as a business owner, these are all the things that start to come into play. And then, of course, financials. Right. So like setting your profit margins, understanding the cost of goods sold and the the overhead expenses that maybe you're not calculating into your costs where you know you first wanted to get in your first year of business let me get in at a lower price get my brand established get uh kind of a foothold in the industry and then start to assess okay how am i going to be really profitable and then so now's the time if you're in that stage start assessing okay so my overhead costs is i wasn't factoring in uh you know my adobe creative cloud subscription into my business expense. And it's time to start doing that because at least like then you make those as tax write-offs this year and go, okay, I paid this much for Adobe. Oh, I bought a new computer. I should factor that into my overhead costs. So like when you're kind of doing this year-end reporting, year-end expenses, you start to really identify like, okay, I need to raise my prices a little bit or, oh, my prices are way too high. Whichever it, you know, I made a ton of profit, which I don't think anybody, if you made a ton of profit, you probably shouldn't be lowering your prices if you thought. Yeah, that's not a problem. Good. Keep them where they are. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's all of the education that's out there, hours and hours of webinar. Uh, even if you want, like uh, I've done design tutorials uh, using the EasyView online designer. Like if you want to try to learn a new skill, uh, that's going to dramatically impact the way that you process art, uh, either yourself or through your shop, especially when you're ordering heat transfers. Um, Things like that, even new techniques, if you're using Illustrator, you know, Photoshop, uh, even if you're building content and you want to learn like more video editing, right? Take a class, 
even the ones we have tons of education, but there are things that we don't. And I always encourage taking a class or going and researching. There's, I, I've been a huge fan of, you, you'd probably know, I'm a huge fan of the YouTube university, right? So you could find almost anything for free on there. And that's one thing that like all of our content that we produce from stalls, uh, whether in the UK or here in the States from Transfer Express brand, uh, or even uh, Ben's doing down in Australia, where it is this kind of global network of completely free education. Even all of our webinars are free to sign up for. Um, the global masterclass that we did this year was absolutely phenomenal, but you could find the replays of those online. So 14, you didn't have to be there. 14 lives. If you, we do one a week. You think that's impressive. 14 in one day. That's a lot of education. That'll take you more than a week to get through. Yes. And I mean, yeah. And some of the things may not relate to you. Some of them, uh, I, you know, I am completely enthralled by the panel because it's like, oh, what are some industry trends coming up? And it's like, I've been seeing kind of multiple print lo print locations like, oh, you know, quite a few people are doing multiple print locations. We did some some content on multiple print locations. And then you hear from uh, these designers and art directors and creative directors and chief revenue officers who are like, no, we're doing, you know, four locations on the majority of what we're doing. If it's an inside tag, a left chest, a sleeve, a back print. And it's like, it starts to really validate things and gets the gears rolling for you in your head as a business owner yourself to be like, okay, all right, this is what other people are doing. This is, I think, uh, Carlo from Culture Studio and the one uh, specific that I'm going to reference. He's like talking about Paul McCartney and how uh, they're doing like 13 print locations on a shirt. And it's like, that is what that's, and that's how they're building value with that. And that's how they're building that, that higher end, uh, that higher end piece. That's not just a, you know, one color shirt, that's a band tee, you know, it's like really elevating these styles and you see the way that like the markets go. So whether you're a custom decorator, keeping that in mind or building samples, which I'm sure we're going to get to samples and testing in, in a little bit here, because that's another thing that you could be doing. <laughs> but, you want to mention the marketing kit, don't you? I can yeah. sense it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but samples are a great thing. So we'll talk, we'll talk about that a bit. But yeah, if that's something that then you could start uh, identifying to pitch to your customers to say, oh, well, I've been seeing this a lot because uh, you probably know that like that those relationships that you build, that's why somebody's coming to you because they go, I want a t-shirt and I want it kind of soft and I want it fitted and I want the print to look right. They're not saying, oh, I want a next level 3600 uh, with a left chest print at four inches wide and a 12 inch wide back print. No one says They're that. Who, no. who talks like that? And if you do have customers like that, good for you. You've got great yeah, customers uh, and that makes things super easy. But the, for the most part, when you have local businesses approaching you, they're the same way that like I was just talking about you get that, you know, they are, you know, they could be a great dentist, but they don't yeah. know the first thing about merchandised apparel or merchandising or advertising or anything like that. So like, that's where you leverage your expertise that you could learn here, you know, learn on YouTube, uh, watch some videos on your phone and start to pick up these things that are coming on, or, you know, coming up in the trends, and then you're able to suggest those to your customers to go, all right, this is what's going to help you. And they come to you with that weird ask and want some soft t-shirts for the crew, but they're not too formal. They're, and then you as a decorator, you're leveraging your experience or the information of what you've learned online with YouTube University, and you're able to help your customers out better. Uh, and then, I mean, if they go to, you know, to any national retailer, they just Google search custom t-shirts or, you know, branded merch or whatever they're going to type in, those companies aren't going to help them in that same way. 
they're going to have to know, oh, I want a Gildan 5000 or I want a Next Level 3600 or a, a Bella Canvas 3001. And I know exactly, I, I have to know exactly what size I want to spec my artwork at. And a, a lot of customers don't know or they'll make bad decisions. That's going to cost them time or money or a ton of frustration. So you as a decorator, the same way that, you know, I try to, I try to position our helpful content. That's how you're able to save your customers time. You're able to help save them money and go, oh, hey, you know, I see that you have three colors in this artwork that you're giving me. I could price it at three colors, but if we combine these down because this like gray color and the white looks the same, it's going to be this cost. Is this going to save you money or did you want the three colors? And give your customers that choice, you know, but it's leveraging your expertise as a decorator yourself to be able to help them have a, a better process help them have clearer expectations of what the end result is going to be. And in the end, uh, completely wow them. You know, if you were able to bring it all together, they came to you with a crazy napkin sketch and said, I don't know, some kind of like, yeah, middle priced kind of soft t-shirt. We want it comfortable to wear. And you're able to, to, to take their idea and make it a physical, tangible product that they love and then, you know, their employees or even if they're, you know, a retail store or something that their customers love, that's that's going to be a winning recipe for, uh, you know, any business, not just garment decorating. You know, it's that it's part of the service that you offer uh, as as an expert. And it is a tremendous value. So that's why, I like all of the education, whether you're an experienced decorator or just getting into it. And if you're just getting into it, that's kind of when you need to learn the most. When I first learned to screen print myself, I did watch a few videos, but YouTube wasn't what it is now. You know, there wasn't videos online. A lot of it was uh, reading from forums back in the, you know, I don't want to date myself, but like Facebook wasn't a thing yet. Uh, <laughs> I think Facebook. On that is fine. Yes. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> I think was a thing, but like it didn't have, I don't think you could upload videos to it at the time. It was maybe just yeah. like text updates. Maybe photos came out. You were able to put photos on your wall when they used to call it the Facebook, whatever, you know, uh, but so like there wasn't a lot of that education out there that was able to to really help me learn the process. Uh, and I had screen printed a little bit, but had never done the process start to finish by myself without help from a you know professor in college in a printmaking class or, you know, in some some studio setting where like, oh, hey, I see that you're kind of struggling there. Let me help you. So I had to learn the hard way. Uh, and it took me three weeks to be able to pull a retail ready print that I was comfortable selling for my band. Uh, so like it was, you know, it, we were just trying to sell merch, but like I wasted a ton of t-shirts. It cost a ton of time. I burned through screens. I ripped screens, washing them out too hard uh, or burning the emulsion into them or using not enough screen cleaner or, uh, you know, using way too much emulsion because I kept screwing up the, the, like the actual photo sensitivity of it in the exposure. So like, then I had to go buy another bottle of emulsion before I could get started. Another bottle of, uh, you know, emulsion remover and dehazer and all this stuff. And then, oh, hey, I bought the wrong screen mesh. So now I have to go buy another screen. And so like, there's all this stuff that like, I had to, I had to learn, you know, and now like, you could just watch a video and had, you know, there been a video showing me how to screen print with a heat press using a screen print transfer, I would have been like, why am I doing this the hard way? <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make shirts for my band. And a lot of people are the same way. Like, I'm just trying to, to produce shirts with the highest margin for my clothing brand. And that's really the beauty of a heat press. And we want to we want to be able to show those solutions and show, uh, you know, decorators, home businesses, entrepreneurs, 
uh, that like this is possible. You don't need to outsource your profits. And like then watching a couple videos, uh, I've uh, you know I've heard from this is my goal, but I've heard from people too who are like you know that really helped me. I I didn't know that was a, a thing. I tried it and it's made an impact in my business, and we've been doing it ever since. And so it's like those little you never know how small or big uh, that this little tiny tidbit of information is going to really help. And it really is uh, you know I I will say I get lost in the TikTok scroll too. Guilty, right? Where two hours go by and you look up and you're like, oh my God, what just happened? Right. And well, I love what TikTok. What have I been doing for the last yeah, two hours? Right. I love TikTok because there are a lot of those helpful, helpful hints on there too, where it's like, ooh, I feel like every time I'm on TikTok, I learn something. Whether it's like, oh, I've been changing a light bulb wrong my entire yeah, life it's or whatever. the most random thing as well, isn't it? It's never what you actually search for. I go on there and I search for something really specific, which is just the search engine I use now. I don't use Google, I use TikTok. Yeah. And then, then like you say, I'll end up on something like totally on the other side of the world. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're learning about this now. Yep, yep. So the, yeah, those little things help. But, uh, you know, going and seeking out the information too is like it, it replaces that kind of scroll where you get lost in it and you start to really start yeah. to, you know, go find videos. And I like, I like that you mentioned that you search on TikTok because that's a great thing. Otherwise, like, you know, you open it up, you're like, oh, I got, I got five minutes. Let me just, let me just entertain myself for a little bit. And then you're like, oh my God, I just watched garbage, uh, you know, for, for two hours when it's like, you could have been taking some of that time to, of course, if that's like what helps you relax, I, I can't knock that at all. And I will say, guilty as charged helps yeah, it's you relax as well <laughs> yeah yeah it's what yep. you use it for like if you get home and you think oh, i'm just gonna have a scroll on my feed for 20 minutes like that's fine but but if i go on there to search something i have to be really strict with myself and go right i want to know where the best place to go for dinner in london is for example mm -hmm. and i'll be like best places to google it and then or tiktok it i should say that just naturally comes out of my mouth google it um but i have to actually look it up and then before i know it i'm looking at places to go for dinner somewhere in ohio and i'm like well, that's not <laughs> <at all." laughs> but we're here now so you have to i have to be quite strict with myself on doing that but like you said if it's your downtime and you're relaxing then that's different but there's so much that you can learn from those platforms as well mm -hmm. yeah and even if it's something as simple as following other t-shirt shops, right? And seeing mm -hmm. how they're marketing their products, right? And, yeah. and or uh, how they're showcasing behind the scenes content. And it's like, you could pull these little tidbits of ideas that are going to uh, help inform your your social media strategy then or like, yeah. oh, wow, that was really cool to see. A lot of it is as easy as as like answering a question, you know, so many of those like those those TikToks, but they do they they are answering that question. They're solving the problem. They're, you know, saving the 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 wasted money. They're saving the wasted time. And so it's like, that's why it's so powerful now that like, and it is like, it, I've seen it happen less than it did in the past, but even like TikTok used to blow people up where it's like, they would just be making silly little videos or like vlogging. Hey, this is a day in the life of being an entrepreneur. And then they start to build a following. They have a couple posts that get a good amount of views and their entire online store goes from one order every two weeks to 40, 50 orders a day where like it really changes and they build their audience from it. So like that's why, yeah, social media is great. If you want to kind of unwind and just kind of scroll through, it's great to take stock and some, some, you know, inspiration for what you could be doing yourself. But you're going to, you. I love how you put it. They like just kind of, uh, you know, be conscious of why you're there uh, and try to, can, you know, it's hard to go off on all these little different paths, but like try to stay focused of like, 
things that will make an impact for my business, whether it be on the production side, the operation side, or even then the advertising side. It's it the content's there and it's working for a lot of people that, you know, those those uh, those platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok wouldn't be around if it wasn't working for those businesses that then, you know, they'll they'll dump more money into advertising. And maybe that's something too that like you see an ad and you're like, man, maybe we should start we should start advertising on TikTok. I think this, this is a great overlap with our, uh, you know, college to age high school market that we're looking to, uh, you know, do some end of the year teas for the students or whatever it may be that like that, that could help you identify that. But without being there or taking the time or, you know, even being conscious of it when you're on those platforms, you know, it's something, it's something to, to keep in mind. And I know like that's something that like, I I do just walking around even like holiday shopping where I'm looking at every single graphic tee on the shelves. I'm tugging at the ink. I'm seeing how it's printed. I'm, you know, oh, wow. Checker. Like that was the first thing. Checkerboard got really huge in T-shirt designs. Um, any checkered print, uh, whether it's the big full one or just like adding little checkered elements on the sides of designs. Um, I love I it. I think it's great. There's one uh, right there <laughs> on the on my mannequin tee that's that's sitting right at the top. But like, yeah, so it's everywhere. But I saw it at like Target the one day. I'm walking around. It was probably like January of last year. I'm like, man, seven of these 20 tees has checkerboard on it. Maybe I should start incorporating more of those into my design. And sure enough, then like you just saw it more and more and more. Those those big box retailers, uh, the you know, the higher end boutiques, the the established brands are like the best inspiration that you could do, really, because they have huge teams. It takes so much research and so much expense to bring those pre-printed styles. You're, you have to do a bulk quantity and send them to all of your locations. So then there is this humongous investment into research before they spend money on anything because they want to reduce their risk just like a small business, right? Just like an entrepreneur but at a much larger scale. So when you see them bring colorways to market or like styles, they were probably the first ones to start debuting a little bit more of the boxy fit. The, mm. the, that fashionable, like super fitted tee yeah. has been replaced by more of a boxy fit. Even then, like look at yourself and, or, you know, look at the tees that are on the shelves. Are they side seamed? Are they tubular, right? Like that's going to help inform the offering that you could bring to the market. And you're not going to be far behind them if the, what's on the shelves is there now. You could take that idea as a business owner or, you know, a clothing brand, even a custom decorator and be able to bring that to market within a week or two. You don't have to go through all of the sourcing and all of the processing and uh, all of the logistics of getting those to the store, especially when you're running just an online store. Order the garment styles, design the artwork, and it's done. And, you know, for a lot of just because I've been in and around creatives for a long time that like. Maybe then you take this time to start just concepting. Go back to what, you know, the fundamental of why you did it. Like, why did you start? Because it was a creative outlet. I loved creating. I got really busy with shipping t-shirts out the door and optimizing my online store that I stopped creating. And then, so like, that's the, that's the puzzle piece you were missing. And now that, you know, you're not in the hustle and bustle of logistics and getting orders shipped out the door, that you could get back to your roots, get back to creating and rediscover the fun and reinvigorate that creativity then to really carry you throughout the entire year. So yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff that you could be doing. 
you know, not just scrolling on TikTok, but they, I mean, go look at designers then, you know, go look at graphic design, see, see the cool stuff that people are doing now. Cause then that's going to help you go. Yes. My customers would love that. Or that was just like that one request that I had late in the year. This could be a trend. And then, then you keep your, you keep your finger on it. You keep your eye on it. And, uh, and you approach the the next year stronger and better as a business. I think the being present thing is really important because even though I sit here and I say, make sure you take time to switch off because that's when your creative ideas come and all of that. If you're, like you said, walking around a store and you see something that you think could be big for your business or you see something that you're like, oh, I want to incorporate that. Or even if you, like you said, Dave, if you've been like really head down in your business for two, three, four, five months, the entire year, and you haven't really had a chance to look up and see the trends that are going on around you, now is that time to do that. So even if you are switching off for the break, be mentally aware every time you step out the house or every time you turn the TV on or something like that as to what trends, colors, just vibes in general you're surrounding yourself with because that's a massive thing for next year. And like you said about the TikTok thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I know that we do this podcast. You guys have the Heat Press for Profit podcast. You've got, you know, there's so many different webinars and longer YouTube videos that people can immerse themselves in, which I do recommend you guys do over the holiday. Um, But if you've just got 10 minutes, then have a flick through TikTok. It doesn't have to be, right, I'm going to set myself a week's schedule of education. Like, no, it's there's bits everywhere, regardless of what you want to do, whether it's heat print, whether it's marketing, whether it's, you know, target audiences, um, there's so there's so many things I can't even list them all, but like regardless of what it is, video creation, um, so many things you can do it in two minutes or you can do it in two hours. Like it just depends how much time you've got. Um, but don't think that you have to give up majority of your time off and your holidays in order to level up your business. You can do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yep, because it, it it really is. It it's dependent on how much you want to absorb, you know, and and if you have the time absolutely dedicate yourself to it or put it on what, you know, I've put YouTube videos on the TV just so like I, it's something educational. It's not just like the news or whatever you have on, you know, it's not, uh, you know, some, some just mindless, you know, rerun of friends or something that it's actually something that like, Oh, and I'll do the same thing with podcasts, especially industry podcasts and listen to what other people are talking about. So it's like, you can never have too much, uh, coming at you. It's, it's, You'll take bits and pieces. And I mean, there's tons of stuff out there uh, in a lot of the podcasts that I listen to where it's like, oh, that doesn't necessarily apply to me. Or, uh, you know, they say things that you're like, wait, what? That's kind of opposite of what I'm doing, which is always something that like I love to to really be, you know, aware of. I do the same thing, like going back to like walking around and seeing T-shirts on the shelves. I'll usually go to the one that I like the least and go, what? I don't like this one. And I've been in the industry for a long time. I think I have pretty good taste, right? <laughs> but I was those... going to say, why do you go to the one you don't like? What's the what's the theory behind that? Why is it there? Like, are, are people going to buy it? I'm sure sometimes they're just duds. And I go like, this is going to be a dud. But I, it helps me understand and keep me in touch with, with like the regular, you know, audience. At mm-hmm. first, when I saw like streetwear, especially like the current style of streetwear, where it's like, you're pretty much just like pasting a whole bunch of things all over a shirt where it's just like six There's different no logos. It, it's just random. Yeah, they're kind of like unrelated. There's some weird texture coming in. And then there's just like a globe 
Like, why is there just a like a, a globe on it? Like, uh, that's a little weird. Like, nothing looks like it makes sense. But where's and the I, context behind right. that? And it's like, I wouldn't wear this at first. And then, like, as I start, you know, getting into it and seeing more of what other people doing, it was that same thing. Like, the first, I think it's the coolest thing now, but I thought it was really weird. It took me off guard the first time I saw, saw a shirt yeah, yeah. that had the same logo, like where you would see it, like, just printed on a bicep. It was the same logo repeated here, 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 here. Like it was a test print of a shirt. And I think that's why I was like, that has to be a mistake. Like, why did they print the same logo down the sleeve seven times? Like that's, that seems wrong. And now you go around and everybody's wearing the same logo on the sleeve seven times down. And it's just like, it, it, it took me off guard and it, like, it helped me expand my own tastes, my own, uh, you know, idea of what the, the current trend was. And like, yeah, but even something as simple as like, why are they, why is every shirt have a sleeve print on it? You know, maybe I should start putting a sleeve print on it, but yeah, I'll go I to like the one. I why? Exactly. See? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I, when we were at Printer United and Jenna and I did um, the apparel zone talk that we did, uh, I printed, I think one of mine was on unique print placements and I did um, like a crew neck sweat with a, a sleeve print. It had like a lower left kind of like right here kind of print, like really random and then something on the back. Um, and I remember doing it. And at the end of the talk, this guy comes up to me and he's like, oh, like really enjoyed your session. Today. I just want to ask you, why did you put that there? And he stumped me because I was like, because they did it. I don't know. <laughs> and then I stood there and I was like, why wouldn't you? And he went, oh, I thought, yes, I've nailed that. But at the, yeah. in the moment, I was like, that's a really valid question. And there isn't always a why behind it. Like all of these random placements you're seeing on massive designer brands, mm -hmm. even in like, um, they're filtering down now to like retail stores and stuff like that. Everyone is doing it. But when the bigger brands first brought it in, everyone probably did what you did, Dave, with the sleeve print and was like, what are they doing? Yeah. But now it's something that everyone's like, oh, that that's the new trend. Like no one's doing left chest anymore. Everyone's doing that. And I think... That moment for me was really like, oh, okay, that's how I answer that question from now on. Yeah, it, and I mean, it sets it, it sets it apart. It's unique. It's uh, it's comparable with those bigger brands. And like that's that yeah. like when you go to that big box retailer, even though I think that shirt is ugly, and I'm like, I would never buy that. That company, somebody there, whether it be one of their designers, whether it be their art department, whether it be their purchasing department, somebody spent time, resources, and logistics creating those and getting them to the store. So like they believed in the product for a reason. And I'm trying to challenge myself to believe, you know, what, or to understand why did they believe in this product when mm -hmm. I, and I mean, everybody's taste change kind of going back to what we said at the beginning, like where it's like, oh, it, it's a black, it's a black shirt. I don't wear black shirts, you know, like where it could be something as, as simple as like that has three prints on it. I'm not wearing something with three prints on it, but then like, I, I think the shirt I'm wearing right now underneath my hoodie has three prints on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's challenging as my, my small little world as a decorator, you know, as a decorator, as a, as a, somebody in the industry, as a creative that like, I want to try to understand other people, other people's audiences, other brands, uh, because then that's all stuff that I could apply back towards my own brand or, you know, uh, into helping other people out. And that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah.
No, that is a really good point. And I didn't think about it like that because like you say, when you do look at something that you don't necessarily like, it makes you question yourself. And I think that's really important to do. Be aware, but challenge yourself as well. Like same what we were saying with being critical of your own work. It's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so if somebody was starting out in the education zone, let's say, um, and they log on to the Styles UK or the Styles TV YouTube channel and they sit there and they go, oh my God, where am I going to start? What would you advise somebody to do? How do they navigate that? Because obviously there is a lot of content out there. We do produce a lot of educational videos, podcasts, etc. So what would be your first, if someone said, where do I start? What would you tell them? Uh, I would probably go to the search and type in start. Because <laughs> there's, there's good, a lot of, very good a, way to start. a lot of getting started. Uh, and some of them might not be the most recent videos. So you would be a couple pages back when you're scrolling and you probably saw something else that caught your eye. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, start search a specific topic, whether it be starting, whether it be clothing brand or uh, custom decorating, or uh, I want to learn how, you know, I've never tried these screen print transfers that you're talking about. I've only used DTF. Uh, And so what are these screen print transfers? Type that in uh, and search those keywords. Use it as your as your Google, like you said, right? Like when you go to TikTok. So that's a great place to start. However, Um, Just because there is such a huge wealth of uh, knowledge out there that we've put together, that it's not just, you know, yes, you could search and you're probably going to find something specifically for what you searched for. If you don't find anything, please let us know because we would love to make a video that's going to help you out. If you have that question, odds are other decorators have that question too. But starting to just scroll, go to, yeah, the Stalls UK, go to Stalls TV, go to the Transfer Express YouTube page, uh, that's three Great YouTube channels right there with literally, I don't even want to say hours, like days and months of content. If you were to watch it all, it would take a long time. But I would love to know. If I can figure that number out, I'll put it on the screen now. But And I, I'm not saying I will figure that out because I probably won't be able to. But I would love to know totaled how many minutes of educational content we have between us because it must be millions. Yes. Back to back. No sleeping. You have to watch it all straight. <laughs> but yeah. No. With- <laughs> With that, like going and just scrolling through, you'll see things that are going to relate to you more than others. Yeah. You know, say, you know, there's there's some great videos on printing headwear, but say you don't you don't print headwear. Your audience hasn't asked for headwear. Of course, you could watch it as some inspiration to see uh, how you could maybe bring it or integrate it into your business. Right. But if that's not your thing, then just scroll on to the next video. But there's some great videos uh, that kind of don't even uh, I know in the past, probably three or four months. I've done more than a handful, probably closer to like a dozen videos that don't actually relate to printing anything that are just more like business tips, the way to position things, how to build value in your apparel after it's printed, regardless of how you're printing it, how to, you know, how to do these things, how to fulfill uh, on demand, you know, like how to how to efficiently and uh, cost effectively run an on demand printing business from your home without having to buy a $30,000 printer. You know, if you want to get, oh, well, everybody's doing direct to garment. There's there's other ways to do it. Hey, what's the difference between an actual screen print or a screen print of transfer? Yeah, like we have we have content on that that actually shows the process. Uh, and we even like outsourced to get a full picture of it. So like we I always say, like we use all of these resources that we have at our disposal uh, to help you out who may not have those resources at your disposal. You know, being a small self-funded small business or entrepreneur. You want to maximize every penny because that's the money that's either going to go reinvested into your business 
or what's going to be your paycheck. So like these things matter. And so like, whether it be, you know, hey, look at your, how do you, how do you calculate your overhead costs or expenses? Like, what should I factor in of my cost of goods sold? Whatever, whatever it be, uh, there's, there's a video on that for you. And a lot of that stuff, if you're just starting out, you're probably not even thinking about. So that's where like, you're never going to know what to search to find that, or you're not even going to be able to think, you're not even thinking about it because you're kind of more focused on the product. All right, I have my storefront set up. How am I going to produce these? All right, I'm confident in the quality of this. Um, but yeah, then you're not thinking of that. But when you start scrolling on those pages, all of that is curated content solely for people just like you. If you're here watching this, I'm going to bet that this content is curated for exactly you. And then you're going to find the most value out of it uh, than just like, you know, uh, somebody who's just scrolling and goes, wow, that's how you print a t-shirt. Cool. You know, um, but you actually running a business, you're going to, you're going to really relate to it and it's, it's built to help you out. And so like, that's, that's the, the easiest way. So search first, but then feel free to start giving it a scroll, uh, and just going, click on videos and just kind of go down the list. Uh, you could bookmark them. You could kind of like build a folder. I know I have like a Google doc where like, I'll, I'll always see things regardless of what platform it's on, whether it be like Facebook or TikTok, and I'll see it and be like, I, YouTube's pretty much the biggest culprit because I'll see something and see that it's like a, a 30 minute video. And like, I want to dedicatedly watch every 30 minute of this and I, I'll paste the link in a little list. So then now, you know, when it slows down and I'm not so busy and I have that 30 minutes to dedicate myself to watching it. I can. And I, I remember that it was there. So like whether it be a note in your phone or a Google Doc like me where you're just pasting links all the time um, to have that list of like your own curated list. Of course, you know, we all we're all different. And I've said several times even here talking right now, like whether you're a brand or a custom decorator. Right. So like there are things specifically built for clothing brands. I'm running an Etsy store. I'm running a Shopify store from my house. And, you know, there's tips that we've made specifically to that. So like not every video is going to relate to you if you're a custom decorator or if you're running your own brand, but we try to keep it, uh, you know, at least open and accessible and able to be applied to almost any business. And in a lot of cases, I think it, it even applies to businesses is just like good sound tips from what we've heard works too. We work with this huge network of decorators that are the absolute best, the community of decorators is great because they'll tell you what's working and they, and they're not shy to share their struggles in help in, in, you know, in the idea of being helped out. They want, they want to be helped out by the community and the community is great because they will help out other decorators, even though we're technically all kind of like in competition with each other. There's somebody who's going to help you if you're running into a specific problem. Uh, so leveraging that building your business is just going to make it stronger. I think as well with the whole helping other businesses thing, as much as technically, yes, majority of people watching our YouTube content probably are in one way or another a competitor with each other. Andy and I did a podcast not that long ago. I say not that long ago. It was probably like six months ago now. Um, they all merge into one at this point, but it was about businesses on your doorstep and localization and what is around you. And I think unless you're competing with a business that's literally a mile up the road, the people that are helping you online could be the other side of the world. And mm -hmm. then it does not going to affect their business if they help you out every now and again. And, you know, I'd encourage everybody who's watching this to join the Heat Press for Profit Facebook group because there are so many good people in there that are sharing their successes, sharing any issues that they're having. And 
anytime that there's someone in there that goes, oh, I'm, I'm pressing this at this pressure, but I'm not really seeing the result. And there's always hundreds of comments of people going, have you tried this? Have you tried that? This is what I recommend. And even just having that community of people without myself or Dave or Andy or Kelly or whoever else, having those people there is so valuable. And I would really recommend everyone join that just for that purpose alone. Even if it's just to, you know, even if you just sit in there for a couple of weeks and expose yourself to what everyone else is doing, if you're new, you know, some of the stuff in there might be a little bit more advanced than what you're looking to do right away, but at least you're opening yourself up to that world and you're aware of what's going on because, you know, you can sit and watch YouTube videos all day long, but Dave and I try and make everything, you know, the easiest way to make it look easy and perfect, but we will we'll share issues and we'll share struggles. But if somebody's genuinely having a problem with something, then that's much more likely to be addressed in more detail on those Facebook groups. So, yep. you know, there's, there's different things for different reasons. Yep. And yeah, that's, I, and you know, I think you nailed it right there. There is this community worldwide. Uh, and I think we found when we did the global masterclass that it was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of decorators, even like the chat. Cause like it's, whether you're in Australia or in Europe or in the United States, or we, we even had a lot of uh, friends from Canada there. Right. So like we are in these different regions of the world, but it was very quick. I think realization of everybody that like we, ha- we all have the same problems. We're all kind of seeing the same trends. We're all seeing the same types of customers. We're all dealing with the same, uh, you know, kind of struggles or finances or, Oh, the cost of goods has really went up, you know? everybody everybody was kind of on it we we all understand each other's problems as decorators so it's like you you are able to really get help yeah from either down the street or across the world and i will say too like those those businesses sometimes down the street will be like no come on in because they want to get you equipped because they're probably bursting at the seams of work or they might need an overflow valve you know and it's nice to know that like oh I have this overflow vi- overflow valve that I could go to. And instead of being like breakneck competition, it starts to become a little bit more um, friendly. That uplifts the entire solution. And then it opens that line of communication. And then even like, if you want to win, you'll, you'll divide and conquer and go, okay, well, you know, he'll go, you know, those smaller piece orders that you guys are doing. We're not, you, you guys want more of those? Cause we turn down small piece order work all the day. You know, we're, we're a more of a high quantity shop. So like even forging those partnerships, at least letting them, you know, kind of making that bridge uh, could really help your business out in the long run and then start to, you know, some of your, most of your, before you know it, the majority of your work's getting funneled to you from your, what you considered your competition, just because you, you know, you thought that they were set up for what similar work that you're doing, but when you talk to them, they weren't, you know? So that that's of course doesn't happen every single time, but no, but it does happen. It, it does, mm-hmm. and I, and that's something that we have heard a lot from customers that have been to the innovation center here in the UK, and they've been to like events that we've had on, like we did the Athleisure Decorating Expo recently, and there are so many people there that were just networking with each other, which was so fantastic to see because they're all within a relatively local radius. I mean, some of them did fly in from. I think there were some from like Wales and Ireland that came in, which was amazing to see, but a lot of them were fairly local. And just to have everyone in that room and have give them that chance to network, that was amazing in itself. And there were a couple of people that were talking about a particular product they'd been printing on and they, were, they weren't having issues with it, but they were sort of addressing their methods and things like that. And, you know, no crossover in business, no competition whatsoever, but they were just discussing their techniques. And that was such a great thing to witness um, from the event. And, you know, there's so many things that, 
when, when it comes to scale of a business, like A, you are probably not going to be in direct competition unless you're selling the exact same product to exactly the same target audience and your business is at the exact same level. Um, but there's so many different niches out there. And even if you are by chance selling in the same niche, which is very unlikely, um, the percent, even if you sell like 1% of that total, I think the athleisure market, I'm going to be very wrong on this figure. So for the correct numbers, go back and watch the athleisure talk, which is probably already on our YouTube channel. Um, but I think the industry size let, for even numbers are like 1.5 billion. And then it was like, well, what's 1% of that? What's 0.05% of that? Like there's enough business to go around, even if you are selling in the same industry. Yep. So I think, you know, even if you are in competition, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like I, a lot of brands that I know and even custom decorators, they don't really look at themselves uh, when they see other decorators as the competition. It's always like the the huge ones, you know, like it's the custom decorators that are like custom ink, whether it's like they dominate the airwaves, they dominate, they do TV ads, you know, they're doing radio yeah, yeah. ads, they're everywhere. And it's like, well, yeah, no small shop is going to have the budget to go toe to toe with that. But where they can go toe to toe is investigating that print shop. And or, you know, in the end, I know a lot of decorators from talking around the industry that like, are a contract printer for those larger shops, where it's like, oh, well, we need the turn time quicker, you're it, you're the closest printer there. We have this partnership with you, we like your quality. Um, would you if we sent you orders, would you be able to fulfill them? And it's like, yeah, that's sweet. But a lot of these smaller decorators, they like band together to, to you know, together, they are more powerful than than the larger ones. And then they start to look at the pain points. Okay, their turnaround time is four weeks. Ours is 10 business days, you know, where then you could start to really identify where your business is going to win and bring value to your customers over those national competitors. So you need those national competitors and you need those big brands. Uh, but at the same time, that everybody smaller is is kind of in competition against them. And that's just the way that you, that you kind of have to live in the world. And, and the, the you know, when you kind of realize that, you're able to harness that power and then start getting help uh, so that you're not just living alone on your own little island. There's other decorators just like you who have had challenges and they found solutions to turn that challenge into a success and more than often they are willing to share that with yeah. you to help your own business which is just yeah it's be it's beautiful to see it really is because i being a musician for so long i wish it was that way i wish it was like oh this is how we got that in at that you know at that venue that you wanted to play here reach out to them no it was like i'm not talking to that band anymore they got that that sweet it's like yeah, everyone we, did it for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, it is literally not a competition. But if everybody collaborated, the entire community wins yeah. versus here, we actually are kind of in competition with each other in a global economy and everybody's looking for custom apparel and like, but you're going to help me and I'm going to help you. And like, it's just going to uplift everybody so that the solutions are better, you know? So, and the, that, the quality of the end product to your customers is going to be better. Your customers are going to be happier. And then when you have a happy customer, they're less likely to go to another shop anyway. So it's like, yeah, yeah. If, if, and it's much easier to make your current customers happy than, than it, it's expensive to go out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Go out and get new ones. And if you don't fix those problems, you know why you're, maybe that's another thing that you go look at is why, why did I lose two of my best customers this year? Was it price? Was it quality? Was it turn time? Was it, 
issues? Was it reprints? Whatever it may be, was I not communicative enough? Because it's much easier to diagnose that and retain your customers than go get new ones. Because then those new ones that you're going to bring on, you might spend a lot of advertising dollars or efforts to go get them. And then they're going to run into the same issues of why your clients left in the first place. So it's like, you know, sometimes it is a much harder look. It's not just like, you know, sitting on the couch after after eating a nice big meal with the family that you're like, let me let me just scroll a little bit here. Sometimes those are deeper questions that you have to ask yourself. But if it's as long as it's kind of on your mind, you're able to uh, you're able to make it happen. One of the things I loved about what you just said was the community side of the content and the education hub, because something that Andy and I always joke around about, about our podcasts and our lives is that because it's longer form content, right? It's a chance for us to actually sit down, have longer conversations. People can tune in on like our weekly lives or they can go to the podcast once they're driving, that kind of thing. Um, It is a chance for everybody that's in the industry to nerd out in a way because we're all nerds about it. We're all geeks. We love the detail. We love all the specifics, but your husband or wife or partner or family or whoever is at home or even your business partner, if you have a business partner and they're more of the marketing finance route, they're not going to want to talk about specific finishes of prints and threadability 24-7, but you as a decorator are. So regardless of how much you know or don't know, I still think this is such an amazing platform that styles have created as a global brand for heat printers to come and have those conversations with each other because you know I'll go home and I'll speak to you know who I live with about everything that I do at work and after about five minutes they're like you're done but I'll come (laughs) in and speak to Andy about it for two hours and he'll be like yeah great and it's totally different yep like people perspectives what everyone's interested in and I think if that is your life and your business you need somewhere to either join a live, have a chat, ask a few questions, um, listen to a podcast and spend an hour listening to this kind of industry conversation. It doesn't just have to be a bit of a flick on TikTok and a scroll. You can really immerse yourself if you have the time. And, you know, aside from the Christmas break, I know that's what we're talking about in this episode. But if you do have a half an hour drive to wherever you're working from your workshop or the space you've hired out, you can put a podcast on during that. If you're working from your bedroom or your spare room, you can put YouTube on in the background if you're working on your own. Like, I think this industry can be quite lonely at times if you're in it on your own, because it's so easy to get started on your own, but you need that sense of community and it is out there. You just have to open yourself to it in a way. Yep. Yep. Took me 14 years. And I think my wife now tugs on every shirt at Target too. She goes, Oh, you you did it, Dave. I'm proud. (laughs) But when I start coming in and start talking about, you know, Oh yeah, the singles on this t-shirt. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, you know? move on. What's the I don't care. No print quality, and oh wow, she'll even grab me sometimes. But like, you gotta come feel this one. How did they print this? <laughs> so, That's brilliant. I, I think yeah. it took me about five days of working here, and I went into a shop, and I was going like this at the print. I was like, what is that? And mm. now that it's been three and a half, four years later, and I'm like, right now, I'm really fussy now about what I buy because mm. once you know how stuff is printed, you refuse to to pay it. I mean some of the stuff is like very, very overpriced for what it is. Like when you go to, you know, certain sport events or like music concerts and stuff, they do put the price up. But I think there's a fine line between knowing what it costs and the memory behind it. Like I've overpaid for some hoodies and caps in the past when I've been to certain events. And most recently when we came over to see you guys and we went to the Pittsburgh game and I bought a hoodie there and I think that was like $85, but I bought it because I was like, I want this. But if I was at home in England, there's no way I would have spent that on a hoodie because I know how much it costs them to make it. Um, But there's certain things that you do have that sort of 
memory attached with and then there's other things that you're just like no not a chance that that print is scratchy i'm not touching it which yeah i i will say i do all the time that i'll buy t-shirts that's like the number one thing of why I'll buy, I'll buy shirts. Number one, like I love the design. I'm a sucker yep. for design, super nerd for it. So like, that's always the first one. Love it. I got to wear that, right? That's cool. Uh, the second, of course, is, you know, for the memory. So like bands, concerts, festivals, I almost always buy that, like that memento shirt. You know, I, I yep. want that. Like that's, and, and some of my favorite shirts that I wear all the time are band tees that I'll always think of that one concert, man, that show was great. And it just makes me feel good to wear. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's super comfy too. Uh, so comfort's definitely up there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, knowing the industry that mm-hmm. first, you know, I was in, I maybe working at an apparel decorating shop for probably just a month or two where I was like super fresh. And I went to, uh, a concert national artist came to town and yeah, I want to say like the t-shirts were 60 bucks. And I saw what blank it was on. And I was like, that is a single color print on an all style 1301. I know that t-shirt, the fabric itself is like $2. <laughs> oh so regardless of how this was healthy. printed, regardless of how this was printed. But like, then that's another thing too. Like the band thing always gets me because band tees are a lot of what I still buy. And when I was in a band, that was like 90% of the money we made was selling merch selling t-shirts at shows and that's what like makes like t-shirts so i mean everybody here watching this knows there's a lot of profit in there you know that's why you're selling the merch that's why people are coming to you to buy merch because there is that profit potential in it so but that was the biggest thing we of course make a cut from like some streaming services that wasn't a lot ticket sales at the door were cool but like nothing made money other than the t-shirts and cds that we sold at the show cds wow did i just date myself (laughs) Don't like, you listen to the CDs anymore? Did you not do Spotify <laughs> rap this year? Come on. I'm disappointed in you. I, uh, yeah, I was, we were just talking the other day. I was like, I, I don't have a CD player at all now. Like my car doesn't I have do. a CD player. I still do. I my have, computers. I have, um, is it the, it's DVD player, isn't it? Like there was CDs and DVDs and what, I don't know if you can play CDs on DVD I players. Think you can. I don't know. You I still have, a, have one and it, it makes have, like this horrendous whirring noise. Like there's still some um, DVDs that I don't want to get rid of and they're like, some are like family ones some are just like real throwback films and stuff and i just can't bring myself to get rid of them but whenever i put it on i have to turn the tv up so loud to drown out the wearing (laughs) i was gonna say you still still have a dvd player yeah because i think yeah i I probably do uh but it's sitting in a closet somewhere and hasn't been hooked up in a long time it's covered in dust yeah, yeah the the xbox i don't use anymore that had a disc drive on it like my car doesn't have a cd player so like yeah like yeah so i definitely feel aged when i say that but like yeah the t-shirts the merch, I know those bands are, you know, that's the gas money to put in the van to make it to the next show. That's what's going to feed them tonight or pay for a hotel room or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. That, like I know being an independent artist for so long, you know, being an entrepreneur for so long, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you that like you, you feel for other businesses. So like I'll support other businesses if I love the t-shirt design, like, yeah, I need to pick that one up, you know? So it's, it's yes, I'll still buy them even being in the industry and understanding how much I'm getting, you know, ripped off as you start decorating shirts. But like, it is the momentum, the memento, it is the memory, it's the, the self expression, it's the art of it that like, I still absolutely love. And of course, like going to all the events and stuff, like you get all this free swag. And there's, you know, t shirts galore. And it's funny, because like, yeah, you go to these 
these events and expos and it's all just apparel decorators and you're like hey do you want a free t-shirt and they're like no absolutely not yeah i remember my first ever trade show i literally there's a picture of me sat on the floor on our stand with like bags of stuff because i got so excited about all the stuff i could make content with when i came back and some of it's still upstairs in the cupboard i need to chuck it because it's been three years now and that's not relevant anymore um and then when i realized i was the one that had to bring it all back that pile soon shrunk because i was like no way fit in the suitcase um but it is that thing isn't it where like i have so many clothes like pieces of clothing like this in my wardrobe that we just wear here every day for filming and stuff like that and it gets to the point where i'm like i I need to clear out i have to take some of it back and but that's not necessarily a bad thing because similar to what you said about the bands is the memory but it's also creating like a brand image for that band or you know the company or whoever you're printing for so even if you are purchasing something and you're like I know how much this costs I really don't want to buy it you're not only helping that band financially but you're also helping them create their image which is what's going to help them lead on to better things and you know even better if you're helping them print the actual things and they're, they're one of your customers you know bingo yep and that's that's like like especially if you're just getting started that is like the first place to look is like you already have a foot in the door if you're already paying, you're already buying services or buying merch yeah. from them. Uh, you know what they're going to want. You know, you know, the the line of work. I always like use the landscaping example, you know, like if you have somebody mowing your lawn uh, and it's like you are you are already paying them. They're already a customer of yours. Hey, next time. Hey, I, I noticed that you guys don't wear uniforms or anything. Oh, yeah. Well, they're too expensive. Like, hey, do you? Do you want a quote? I'll give you a quote. I know how to do it. And like, that's just that one little conversation. That one spark could build into, you know, a a returning customer that's going to spend a ton of money with you per year. But all it takes is just one little conversation. Even if they're like, I just mow the grass. I I, I have the number to the boss, man, though. It would be nice to have some moisture wicking, you know, performance shirts as we're out here mowing the grass. It's hot outside. Then, you know, you know. That like leverage those leverage those partnerships, leverage those relationships, the the bars, the pubs, the, you know, the the restaurants that you go to to eat. Like everybody has merch now. Like I can't walk into a barbecue restaurant anywhere here in the United States that doesn't sell merch. Right? I bought my first one when we went when we came to the US, my first ever barbecue joint t-shirt. And <laughs> Andy like searched out this place that he wanted to go to and we went and they had shirts and I was like, I need to buy one of those. It was really cool. Yep. But that's definitely happening in the UK more. So for everyone who's listening from um, England mm. and like Ireland and those kind of places, um, it's not necessarily something that we've had for that long. I mean, I, I personally could be wrong. It might just be the places I've been to don't have them, but it's never really been as big of a thing over here than it has been in the US. But recently, in the last year or two, there are a lot of bars and burger joints and places like that that I have been to. And I'm going, oh, they now sell t-shirts. They have t-shirts. And it's becoming one of those things. And similarly with like the hat market you know it was huge in the US and then it started to filter through here slowly everything that happens anywhere in the world it will spread across every single country eventually like word gets out people pick things up businesses expand and I think it's one of those things that will be massive for this year so especially for anyone that's listening on the UK side of things I'd 100% recommend you just see like what businesses are on your doorstep and if they aren't selling merch ask them about it because I guarantee you majority of places by the end of the year will be will be doing that and you want to be the one to print it Mm -hmm. yeah and if they're not doing it already and you could kind of like show even a little like case study of like well Mm -hmm. look it is a minimal investment for you the marketing potential of them people wearing your shirts out in the world are is huge 
right? Mm -hmm. Because then especially if it's like something you're famous for or uh, if it's just, you know, they're wearing them around the local community, it's advertising. And so, hey, it's going to be a minimal investment for you. It's not a lot of risk. And you're going to hang them up and your customers are going to want to buy them. It's just like anything. You have that, you know, avid fan base where it's like, we'll do anything to support you. And so then it's like, that's extra revenue then in your pocket. Look at this profit margin you can make if you just sell one of them, you sell two of them. And it's like, hey, they also double as great uniforms for your staff to wear. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. So it's not just about selling. A, they make you money if you sell them. B, they're good for branding. But C, if people see them actually being worn in the store, then that's even better. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So we circle, we went on off on a slight tangent there. Apologies to everyone listening. But, you know, when do we not do that? Um, so what was I going to ask you about your webinars for next year? So we've been um, talking a little bit before we started the podcast about prepping for like video content for next year. Um, and I know that you guys have got a lot of exciting stuff coming for the YouTube channel. Um, you've got the Heat Press Transformation series that you've got going on. So if anyone hasn't watched that, I'd highly recommend you check that out from an educational point of view, but also from a business point of view. If you are thinking about, you know, making those efficiency changes and just seeing what other businesses are doing and how styles help them do that, that's a great series. Um, but the live webinars that you do as well are so helpful. Can you just give everyone a little bit of an insight if they've never watched one of the lives before? what they can expect and what you've got for 2024 so yeah i love uh i love the lives because you get questions that like i feel like people don't leave uh on youtube videos or uh even like yeah tiktoks or social media where it's like more out in the public it is like a closed space and usually we have a, a couple hundred to maybe 400 500 decorators with us uh, and so you do get that little snapshot of community where people will jump in and help people out in the chat section before I can even get yeah. to it. But you do get uh, kind of a, a much more personalized experience. You could ask those questions that are maybe those lingering questions that you've had and you want a, kind of that expert take on them, maybe a specific product question or, you know, something like that. But you get the topic of the webinar that's that's very pointed. Usually there's like some slides. So. I go way more in depth than like the, what the slides are, just leveraging my really, experience. Really, Dave? Do, do you? Are you sure? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as people are asking questions, I I rarely will click, you know, end because I want to be, that, that's what well, they're You're there, there to help, aren't you? Like if, if they've got the questions, you're there to answer them. Even if some, if some people come and then leave and maybe watch a bit back later, like it doesn't matter how long they are. It's just about the value of the content, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I am always happy to help. Uh, and I will jump on any of those questions to be able to help decorators out. And that little, you know, that little snapshot of a webinar, usually they're an hour or sometimes longer, um, <laughs> sometimes longer of the webinars. But um, yeah, they I want to make sure that they're helpful and that, uh, you know, they're worth hanging out for an hour on. And a lot of people, when I talk to them at shows, hey, we put the webinars on in the afternoons, you know, when we're when we're yeah. printing and uh, it's great to have on in the background. And then sometimes we'll have to rush over to the computer to see what you're talking about because you pull up a visual. Um, but it's just like that, that they're in they're you know, they're absorbing it. And then they'll be like, oh, that reminded me I had this one little question and I was able to pop it in and you could answer it. So, uh, yeah, really, really valuable. They're great. Uh, yeah, usually right around an hour, sometimes longer. Um, but yeah, we'll go in and like even uh, the one of the last ones that I did was on uh, the easy view designer. So it's like these specific little questions. Hey, can you back up and show me exactly how you did that again? And instead of having to like go rewind the video and then be like, wait, that's exactly what I saw. I still don't understand it. 
I could break it down in a different way and it may and ensure that like the knowledge that you're seeking, uh, we're giving you the answers for, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, whatever it is, and even like specific tailored questions like, okay, that's great. But how would you apply that to this type of business where then we could get much more specific uh, and use a specific example to help you out. So yeah, love those webinars. Uh, and they're one of my favorite things to do, especially like I look forward to Thursdays. I'm like, man, it's a, it's a webinar day today. We have a webinar this week uh, as we're talking now, but we're going to be talking about screen print transfers and like kind of the benefit that they bring to businesses and where you should use them and where maybe another transfer type is is better, you know? We're, uh, we're matching. That's really weird. So I, I did my last live of the year last uh, Friday, just gone. But Andy's doing this week's one because I'm I'm not here. I'm taking the day off. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and, but Andy's taking it and he's doing screen print as well. That's really bizarre. So it must be the week for screen print. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know. It must be the season or the, just the year. or I don't know. I love plastisol ink. So all the, all the time for me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, coming up into 2024, we have some great ones going. Um, I know that we did the uh, kind of state of the decoration uh, apparel industry. Uh, we mm -hmm. put a huge survey out there, I believe, with over 800 respondents and shops all around the world that kind of responded to the survey. Uh, and we saw a, a lot of room for areas that we could help, you know, okay. uh, whether it be new products that are coming out, inspiration on how to use existing products or how to diversify kind of your your offering, whether that's adding, you know, that headwear that we talked about, you know, when you're mm -hmm. like, well, I'm thinking about adding it. How could I add it efficiently? And like, I don't want to break the bank with equipment, like how how you're able to do it. So we're, of, of course, going to talk about those things. Uh, but a big thing that came up, and we kind of talked about it too, is marketing, right? Marketing help for apparel decorators. They might have a good I business I feel like line. 2024 is the year for that. Like we've been discussing it a lot and there's quite a few things that we want to do here this year, as uh, this year, next year. I really feel like that's going to be the topic for 2024 for the apparel decoration industry. Yep. So a lot, a lot of marketing help. Um, and yeah, just kind of ways that, of course, always tips of like how to run your shop more efficiently how to ensure that you're you're making profit. Uh, yeah, of course, like diversifying all of the products that you have offered, whether it just be, you know, t-shirts and fleece now, but you're looking to get into backpacks and bags and headwear or accessories or home goods, whatever it may be to kind of like to, to show you how to do it, to identify the market. Uh, some of the best ones, my favorite, um, were the marketing ones from this year of like how to how to get it, how to get new customers, how to grow your brand. Uh, ways that you could scale your capacity without adding employees or equipment or, you know, just these little tips and tricks that we've picked up uh, along the way. I've picked up through seeing being in, you know, three different commercial decorating shops in the past 14 years uh, and just hearing from customers and hearing what worked from them. And then you get it firsthand uh, from some of those decorators, too, that are there. Uh, and then, of course, it's always great to do the in-person education. Love the trade shows. So. Like that, I know we have like, I think 2023 was the most shows that I feel like we've ever been to. Uh, and I think 2024 is shaping up to be the same exact way. So mm -hmm. uh, plenty of uh, places to get that that on-site hands-on learning too. And I feel like that's where those really, really valuable conversations kind of spur from. And it's usually like around the heat press or after, you know, one of the education seminars or classes or workshops or whatever uh, the event has is that like, you could go up and ask these specific questions, even if you don't want to ask them to a room of uh, other decorators, but you want to ask specific questions. That's absolutely where where to go, because then you get that education, you get that real time, uh, even sometimes hands on experience with these products, which is great to be able to 
to see it in real life because we try to show it as best as possible, you know, here. But even like it's the, always the same. It's not always the same. And I love to have those extended conversations with decorators because then that helps us make better, uh, helpful education to help not only that decorator out, but then more decorators in the future of like, you know, get confidence and be uh, confident in their apparel decorating capabilities and be that expert and be that pro that their customers, you know, want, that their customers need them to be. And like, if we could do that, then I think, uh, you know, we're uplifting the entire apparel decorating community and, and really kind of uh, wowing people with what could happen, what is possible with putting ink or, you know, any sub, any material on a substrate to, to brand it. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's cool. It, it's, I, I still get super excited about it, but yeah, that's some stuff I that do. we have coming down the pipeline. I love trade shows. I think I'm so excited for, for our shows this year because like we've obviously got um, our trade show in February, but we also do a lot of events here at Styles UK in the innovation center now. And it, it, it's so much better to have more regular events because obviously in the US, you guys have trade shows, what, once a month, once every two, like you guys have so many trade shows in comparison to what we have in the UK. But I love having those in-person conversations with garment decorators because there's so many things that you can address and talk about and, you know, demo and get hands on with the products and just seeing you know, their faces when they realize how easy it is or when you give them a hack or a tip that's going to save them loads of time and money. Like you cannot beat those conversations and their faces when they realize like what you're saying and it clicks for them. And I love the light bulb, goes on. the light yeah. bulb moment. Yeah, that is the best thing ever. And since we've been doing more in the innovation center, I think we've done one, two, three, four, four or five events here now over the course of the last, I don't know, 12, 18 months. Um, and it's, it is amazing. I absolutely love it. And because it's, we've got all of the machines in here, you know, we take them all to the trade shows so that everybody can experience them all, but it's, it's great having them all in one space and everybody to be able to get hands on. And I think from the decorator's point of view, it's as much as the lives are fantastic and they get to ask those questions. And, you know, we do that weekly, we do the podcast weekly, there's weekly YouTube videos, there's so many opportunities for them to get in touch, you know, pick up the phone if you need to, mm -hmm. but having that in-person conversation is so invaluable for garment decorators and I just think as much as I love it it's good for them as well because they can sort of really pick your brains on the specifics like they'll come onto a live and ask a question and we'll answer it but then unless they follow up that's kind of it and you move on whereas you get to have a two five ten minute conversation with them and you cover so much more to help them so I think yeah if you're thinking of attending trade shows for next year that's definitely something I'd factor into your schedule as well as listening to the podcast, watching the weekly videos, joining the webinars and everything else in between. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, which, whichever way that you want to learn and uh, and get hands on, because of course you could get hands on with your own press, watching a YouTube yep. video and just following along. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely being together. I, I always love, I love being together and just, I get the opportunity then to ask questions because I, I talk way too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like there's a camera, there's there's a microphone, and then like yeah, but Dave, you're so good at it. I well, thank you. <laughs> but I could only be so good at talking and the information that I give uh, because of the questions that I get to ask when we're in those formats. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot less talking. Uh, of course, if somebody asks a question, I'm like, well, how do I, how do I, how do I use this machine? How, what transfer type would you use? Yes, uh, of course, I have an answer to tell you. But uh, to to the real like kind of more abstract marketing or the way to position your business or success tips, how to get new customers, like that kind of stuff that like 
really makes a difference aside from product training or aside from learning different transfer types or making the right decision or printing on the right garment or the fabric. Okay, we're going down a rabbit hole, right? But aside from that, I'm able to learn from decorators by asking my own questions uh, to help them better their own business. Uh, so that's one thing that like in the webinars, I'll ask some questions, but you don't have that like exact interactivity. And that's mostly to like tailor the presentation to the majority of the room, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, oh, if you're custom decorating or you're uh, running your own brand or doing a mix of both or you're printing for schools or are you doing sports or are you doing whatever it may be. So there's a, a wide kind of range in there that, um, you know, we, we the more relevant it is to you, the more information that you're going to be able to take out of it and take home and apply to your own business. So, yeah, absolutely great. And then even with those events, too, you get to sample and test and get your hands on maybe new production techniques, new equipment that otherwise you weren't necessarily considering and to see how it's going to make an impact in your business. Because I've talked to so many decorators who are like, I wasn't looking at picking up a new machine, but the light bulb moment, right? The light bulb moment goes off in their head and they go, I could really justify this investment with the amount of time it's going to save me. A hundred percent. And, and money so it's well, like, when you think about the cost of other decoration methods, what you can get for, uh, you know, even at the athleisure expo, for example, someone came in and they were like, oh, I'm thinking of, you know, getting this DTF machine. And we were like, okay, all right. Yep great and then we went through the presentation and we you know talked about all of the different elements and by the end of it they were like i want the dual air fusion i want the power platen i need the transfer credit and i'm good to go and they spent a third of what they were planning on spending and they had everything and more so it's just what you come across isn't it and educating mm -hmm. people as to how easy it is and how low cost in a way to get started in comparison to other decoration methods yep yep and that's the one thing of like that I love of like hands-on, right? Because mm -hmm. even I came from the plastisol screen printing world, right? So all traditional autos or manual prints, right? Like it was plastisol ink on occasion, some water-based ink, you know? Um, but like that was how I knew how to decorate. Yeah, of course there was sublimation and we dabbled with direct-to-garment um, yeah. and ran a pretty good like fulfillment, but like we were running half a million dollar <laughs> like direct to garment printers that were the size of cars. Like that's not accessible to the majority of people, right? So like, and then so when when kind of transfers got involved, it's like yeah, we do some hot foil every now and then. We use them for specialty purposes. And then the first time I got hands on with like a screen printed transfer, I went, my entire life's a lie. <laughs> like what? Yeah, you're like this isn't needed anymore. I was able to achieve the same result with no inks, no screens, no emulsion. And now with like direct to film and the digital transfer technology, like it is light years ahead of where it was. Even when I started the apparel decorating industry or when I started in the, I didn't start the industry. That was like in the 1950s, 1960s. I mean, I wouldn't question it if you said you did, Dave, <laughs> to be honest. There's so much content out there that you could very easily take that. I'm a little young to fit that age group. I, I did date myself with CDs when we used to listen to eight tracks, um, <laughs> even even long before that. But when I get in, it, the digital transfer technology has evolved light years ahead of where it is, where like the the, the print quality. I'm like, well, is it going to wash? Is it, you know, yes, everything's tested to that 50 plus wash dry standard. And like we looked at these prints and like you feel the prints and like, it's so much easier, so much easier and so much quicker. And like, 
the light bulb went off for me that first time I peeled the carrier away and went. That light bulb exploded. It didn't even just turn on like it yeah. blew off of day it, 10. It took me three weeks to be able to do this. And I just did this in four seconds. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Every single time it blows me away. I, yep. I do it all day, every day, but every time it's the satisfaction of peeling that carry on, seeing the finished print and you just go, oh, that is just perfect. It still feels like magic. It does. It feels like magic every single time you do a peel. Yep. It takes the, the all the screens, the inks, the emulsion. The emulsion was where, where we had me, emulsion and I beefed at first. We did not have a good time. <laughs> Uh, and that was like the number one thing that like it was washing out. Like, forget about it. Don't need it. Literally, the only thing that you need to learn is print placement, which is yep. pretty easy to learn. Right. Where am I going to put this thing so it looks right when a human wears it? Uh, and, you know, that's pretty much it. What style fabric, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that you have to look at. Like all of the other technical aspect side of it is completely removed. And you're able to focus more on your business than like troubleshooting why this print is blurry, you know, mm -hmm. like it is it. Yeah, and then, yeah, so like it blows my mind. Absolutely. Love well, it's, it. it's, do you want to do you want to be a garment decorator or do you want to be a transfer manufacturer? Right. Because if you're if you're looking, if you want to print your own transfers, then that's fine. But there's so much expertise that goes into that. Like the people that manufacture the transfers here in the UK and over in the US are they spend all day, every day, fine tuning and perfecting the recipe so that our customers can have the best transfer product. And if you want to make your own transfers, then that's fine. But you're not going to run a successful garment decoration business because you can't do both. I mean, yep. if you are doing both without being rude to whoever's doing both, you probably aren't doing them very well because it's very difficult to do both and do them well. Or um, you're, the reason yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. And the reason that we have all of the experts here is so that you guys don't have to do that. Like Dave said, all the technical elements are removed. We do that for you. So yep. why on earth would you want to introduce when you don't have to? Yep. And I've, I've, I've talked to a few, there are a few decorators here who I know have direct to film printers and they're doing, you know, fulfillment on demand and they're printing their mm. own transfers, but it's the same thing. They're like, we had to add labor for it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Davis, Davis Slagle is, uh, he's, he's the, uh, I think he's the owner, the operator at B Graphics uh, here in the States. Uh, they sold a lot of their screen printing presses and moved to direct a film for online store fulfillment. Um, and they print a lot of DTF themselves. But he's like, if you buy one, you have to buy two. Mm -hmm. Like, so then you're looking at another, you know, expense on top of that. You're not just buying one printer. You have to buy two because the one will go down and you will need it uh, when you, you know, they'll go down at the worst time. So you're going to yep. need a backup. And then you're going to need to hire, you know, people to maintain those presses and operate those presses. So then now it's much more of an expense than just that initial setup. It's the materials. And what I know now, I, I couldn't imagine in, you know, in, in the UK, but even in the United States, we have supply chain problems on raw materials. So like what happens when, when you can't get the carrier anymore or they switch the carrier on you and now your prints look completely different. Someone places a reorder and it's like, those are now headaches that are introduced into the process instead of just focusing on your business, your customers and producing, uh, you know, the finished goods. So it is very yeah. much a it's a completely different rodeo. It is when you're yeah, talking about like, money that you don't need to spend that exactly. you can spend growing your business. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So that's definitely something to, to keep in mind when you're looking at, uh, you know, bringing things in house and like 
that's a huge expense for a small business to bring in a $30,000 printer now that you're digging yourself out of that hole where it's like, do you, if you know the market values there and like, I'm not, I don't understand your business as much as you do. And like, I don't want to tell you a solution that's not going to be right for you. But like, if you have identified that the, the business is there, you're moving the volume and the quantity and you've looked at the expenses of it, then yes, maybe owning a direct-to-film printer is right for you, but do your research and understand that it's going to be need to be maintained. It is going to break. Where is your supply chain coming from? Because there still isn't a dedicated, like reputable supply chain. Uh, the materials change. And I know all this, like I don't own a direct-to-film printer myself, but I, I'm very close with our research and development department that has had has essentially built uh, by hand <laughs> the printers that we're using here at Stalls. We're like, these are all, these were the frustrations that, you know, he'd be pulling his hair out. Like the carrier's different. I know the carrier's different. And, but we have the testing materials to actually get in and like, yes, verifiably, this is carrier A, this is carrier B. Where like, if you reach out to the company overseas and go, hey, this is the, this isn't the same carrier. They look on your invoice and go, yeah, it is. Same mm -hmm. carrier you ordered last month. And you're like, no, it clearly, it very clearly is not. It's not working the same. The inks aren't releasing the same. The, the pigment density, it doesn't look the same. It's smearing. It's it's not the same, right? It's it's picking up extra adhesive. It's not the same. It mm -hmm. feels different in my hand. And they're going to make you think you're crazy if you don't have those other tools, the other knowledge, the other skill set on top of that. And it really does super complicate things. Uh, and yeah, you go see you go see a video or you see a shop doing it. And you're like, that's what we need. We need that set up. But not every apparel decorator is running, you know, 16 carousel automatic screen printing presses. They're not, you know, those are incredibly expensive machines. And yes, if the majority of your clients are sending you, oh, it's a three color print and we need 6,000 of them, then yeah, probably you should, you should be looking at, at, at using automatic screen printing in your, in your business. But if that's not your core customer, if that's not your audience, you're going to dig yourself in a big hole. That's going to be hard to get out of. Uh, and then you are going to have to set, you know, to go back to the way beginning here, you are going to have to set that, oh, well, yeah, we're going to need $500,000 of revenue uh, because we have bills to pay. You know, mm -hmm. you essentially have a mortgage uh, going on a piece of equipment. And it's like, yeah. we need to be able to to fulfill orders in the shop. And then you're scrambling, you're trying to find any and all work to fill the capacity instead of the work that you want, the work that's going to make you successful and set your shop up for success in 2024 or even farther down the long run. But that, that's just it. Everything that you've just said right there, if you don't have to have those problems, why would you want to introduce them? It's not like there's not an easy way to heat print on demand now. Like there, there is no actual reason that somebody who, especially in the early days, and even, you know, in the first five years of your business is going to need that kind of investment. Like you were saying, if you put £30,000, probably more so than that, because once you bought the printer, you need the person, you need the equipment, you need the troubleshooting, all of that. You're looking at a massive, massive investment when a clam heat press and a few transfers and some t-shirts costs less than 2,000, well, 2,000 pounds, whatever that is in dollars. Yeah. And you can pay that off within a year easily. I think yeah. we worked out that I think the auto clam is around 11 t-shirts per month to pay off. And that's if you sell them for like $20 a t-shirt, like it's yep. not unachievable. And you could be 
no longer in debt, you can be in profit. You can, you know, you no longer owe any money to your price. It's purely making you money. Yeah. Um, what, why would you want to do that? And also, if you are making your own track, we've really gone off on a tangent, but I'm going to finish my point. If you are making your own transfers, the, the amount of time you're going to have to spend quality controlling that is such a waste because we do it all here for you. Like we, we literally manufacture the world's best transfers. Why would you not want to just order them online in two clicks, have them arrive and press them in four to 12 seconds yep. and move on with your life? Like, That's just, it. Just don't do it, guys. Just yep. don't. Yeah. And the um, worst part, like what you mentioned too, is like that, yeah, that huge investment into buying printers or whatever, when they break, they are not making you money. Yeah. That's the thing. They are not, they're not, they're not making their money back. And like, uh, you know, a heat press is a rock solid piece that, yeah, I mean, 11 t shirts a month. They print money. They like nothing. Print yeah. Money. It, it, like it's, it, yeah, it, it's nothing to sell that amount of t shirts a month. Uh, and so you're uh, you're going to be doing way more than that if you just yeah. dedicate. I mean, I I just have been in the industry for so long that my family and friends know me as Dave. He's a t-shirt guy, right? So I feel like that's your Instagram handle, isn't it? Dave's yeah. print shirts. So that's <laughs> yeah. literally what Dave is online. I like I and I do I, I I still do things for family and friends, but like I feel like I do more than eleven t-shirts just not even trying. You know, yeah. like just just talking about t-shirts and you know. Somebody will see me at the store tugging on a t-shirt and be like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm in the apparel decorating industry. I, I print t-shirts or I, you know, I've been around it for a long time. So I'm just, I'm just curious about I'm it. I'm just inspecting your product. Yeah. Don't mind me. <laughs> just inspecting. No, 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 mind, no mind me at all. Just, uh, just giving this one a tug. I promise <laughs> I won't crack the ink. Oops. All right. Uh, we have to leave. <laughs> so. I can just imagine you doing that as well. That's brilliant. Yep. Oh, yep. Man. Yep. Yep. So like, yeah, but like, that's the stuff that, that, you know, if you have the right audience, you are connected with the right customers yeah. uh, that you're going to have no problem justifying that 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 investment into your equipment. Yeah. When you start to dig yourself into a big hole, that's a lot of slippery ground for especially just entrepreneurs or businesses starting out that like you need to spend money to make money, like not no, in all it. cases. And especially now with like this e-commerce world that we live on, uh, that it's it's easier than ever to be able to say this will be produced in three to five days and ship to you and make things on demand. It lowers your risk. It lowers your initial investments. It allows you to provide even customized decorations that are, yeah, hands down. But yeah, we're, we're on another tangent now. So everything that Dave and I've spoken about in the last, I want to say like 10 minutes, but it's probably been more like 20. Sorry for everyone that's listening for the education side of it. Um, but this is exactly what we're talking about. There are so many different areas that you don't know about when you first get started or even you know as you go through the second third fourth fifth tenth year of your business there are always going to be things that you question and that you don't know enough about and that's exactly why we are here to have these conversations to create that kind of content and you know just as Dave and I went off on that tangent about the DTF machine versus transfers that in itself is a, a conversation that we've probably both had on our youtube channels and if that's something you are considering for 2024 watch those videos do the research do the math behind it like it doesn't just have to be which heat press do i buy which transfer should i be using which cover sheet should i use like yeah they're all great topics and if you're getting started of course cover the basics but there is education and there are pros and cons to everything online especially across all of our channels and socials and podcasts and all of that so to conclude the rather extended education podcast, which I have to admit, I think we've covered so much valuable stuff in here. So if you're still listening and you've made it to the end, then congratulations. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Um, make sure you go on over to Styles and check out Transfer Express, Styles TV, YouTube. Uh, check out the Heat Press for Profit live podcast that they do on a Friday. 
check out Dave's webinars in 2024. I'll leave all the links below for every single piece of education. It's going to be a long list, but work your way through it. Um, and yeah, I think everybody with what we put out and if they spend the time to educate themselves over the Christmas break and into 2024, it's going to have a very successful year with heat printing. So thanks for joining me, Dave. And we'll see you back on the podcast very soon, I'm sure. Awesome. Thanks for having me.